what's going on? How are we doing today? I'm glad to see you guys. It is good to be here. When I graduated from college, three of my buddies and I, uh, we decided to do a little something. And so we called it the European Speed Tour. And we did eight countries, 15 cities, 16 days with one backpack. And how many backpackers out there? How many been on a backpacking trip? Yeah, how fun is that, right? It's just pure adventure. And uh, whether you go camping, whether you go to the beach, whether you go to International City, uh, it's just a lot of fun. But you know this. You know that your backpack is a finely tuned bag of preparation, right? That everything in that backpack serves a reason and is there by intention. Now, here's the thing. Uh, my stage in life, I've graduated from Europe to the local family pool. And so packing that pool bag now, pack that, that pool bag has everything in it. We could, in a nuclear war, we could survive for a year after the war just on what's in that pool bag. I mean, we could, we have snacks to feed an army. We have like 25 water bottles in that thing. It's like fig bars just grow out of it. They multiply in our bags somehow. We have everything in there. We have books and we have balls. We have goggles and we have Google. We have phones in there. We just have everything. Why do you have so much in that bag? I'll tell you why, because we love the pool. And we, when we go to the pool, we want to prepare to maximize that opportunity. Now, the best pool friends are those friends that don't just pack for themselves, but they pack anticipating that they might find need in those around them. We have friends like that. Their names are Jamie and Sarah Beth Arcara, and they come to the pool with us, and I love those guys. Because Jamie, he brings a tent, and I'm telling you, it rivals the circus tent. That's how big this tent is. But he's like, hey, but listen, I might need it because maybe somebody else might need shade, and so I just want to be ready. And, and we'll get videos from Jamie after the kids swim meet, and uh, he'll send all these videos, and we're like, wait, what's going He's like, oh, I saw you, you know, while your kid was swimming, I saw you getting coffee, and you kind of missed it, so I just wanted to make sure you got this, so I sent it to you, and he's just... <laughs> He is just all over, and they just do this. They anticipate the needs around them. They anticipate opportunities around them to bless other people. I want to talk today. My message today is entitled, What's in Your Backpack? We've been asking this question and praying this prayer. God, where are you at work? Open up my eyes to see these things around us. And so my question is this. As you see and become aware of what God is showing you to all around you, what do you have to give away? What do you have resource and access to? What's in your spirit that you have ready to release? What do you have in your backpack? 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 is our text today. We're going to live in one verse today, and we're going to dig deep into this verse. It says this, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. The Greek word used here for share, it's the word metadidomi, and it means to share or to give someone something of which one retains a part of. I love that because that's so true. When you are sharing divine truth, you share that truth, and look, I still got that truth right here, don't I? It happens with the fruit of the Spirit too. You give away joy, 
How about that? I still got joy in my spirit. I give away peace right here. Look at that. God allows me to have peace in my own spirit. It's a beautiful thing that this scripture talks about. When we share, we continue to, we are allowed to continue to have that truth and that reality in our own heart. Now, five uses of metadidomi in the New Testament. I want to do a quick survey of those five spots. You'll see it on the screen. I'll go quickly. Luke 3, it's about sharing what he has in his, excuse me, in his possession. Romans 1, it's imparting a spiritual gift. Romans 12, it's a spirit of generosity that we see. Ephesians 4, it talks about working a job so that you will have something to share with those that are in need. 1 Thessalonians, imparting gospel and life. And so there's an array of uses of this word all around the New Testament. But the point is this. If you want to be intentional in living and sharing your faith, you have to have something in your possession that you're ready to share with those around you. What do you have in your backpack? I'm going to take something out of my backpack. I got a backpack here. And this is, this is an item. I'm telling you, I love this item. There is not many items more precious in my house than this item right here. And this is called Lou Malnati's Pizza. Yeah. This is the pizza of all pizzas. This, I tell you what, we should take our shoes off in its presence. That's what kind of pizza this is. Now, I got some brothers from the Bronx, and they tell me about New York pizza. And there's nothing wrong with New York pizza. New York pizza is good. But Chicago pizza eats New York pizza for breakfast and is still hungry. This is my pizza. I always have a Lou Malnati's pizza in my freezer at all times. It's like my security blanket. And yes, I probably need to see counseling about that. But it's, this is Blanky right here. That's what we call this, Blanky. I love this pizza. This is the last pizza in my freezer right here that I'm holding in my hand. This is an act of love right here, Pastor Lyle. I love you, bro. You've been badgering about Chicago pizza. I got you. I got, that's love right there. You better not drop it. Listen, you care. I feel like I just gave away my daughter. You care for that pizza. <laughs> you hold it. You care. You caress it. You love that. <laughs> Listen, that's an act of love right there. I thought, what is harder to give away than anything else, God? All right, I'm going to live this sermon today. Here's what the scripture says. Because we loved you so much, you better care for that pizza, brother. Care for it. <laughs> because we love you so much, yes, I, love we you. I love you too. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives and pizza as well. I don't have a great story about somebody evangelizing me to Christ. I have a lot of powerful stories about different people loving me with the love of Christ. Steve Andres, he's a guy in my past who has a prophetic voice. He didn't show up to a prayer meeting with nothing in his backpack. He showed up with a word in his spirit. Yeah. And where I was at in life, needed that word, and we came together. And God used him to pour love into my spirit. My, my buddy Jamie growing up was such a critical person in my development discipleship as a friend. We would laugh together. But man, we would sharpen each other. We would push each other in faith. He loved me well, my father. Every day, it was like he just laid down his life. Yeah. 
sacrificially for those in his pathway. And they're just examples. Now, none of them um, were trying to evangelize me, but all of them were evangelists to me. Right? Not because I was a project, but because they were bold enough to step into the uncomfortable and love me and share a word with me and share a message with me. And forever, I am grateful. Your job isn't to save anybody. Your job is to love everybody. The word says, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you. This word, delighted, it's the Greek word, eudikeo, means delighted. It means well-pleased. It's to take pleasure in. The word denotes a predetermination of the will to take pleasure in. When you go to Chick-fil-A yes. and you get that order and you say, thank you, for, thank you for that order, what do they say? My pleasure. My pleasure, right? Every time. In fact... I often play a little game when we go to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I try to see how many my pleasures I can get out of them, right? And uh, by the way, seven is my record. See if you can beat it next time, okay? And so, but here's what they do. You, you roll up and you have this little interaction and you say thank you for what they are giving to you. And then there's a moment. Basically, they're saying, I take pleasure in serving you. It's my pleasure to share with you. They're saying, I find joy in this moment of serving you today. It's my pleasure. That's what the scripture is saying. We delight in these moments. One of the goals that I set myself for a whole year is to, is to give something away every single day. God, give me an opportunity. Lord, where do you want me to give something? Where do you want me to invest today? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to my backpack, but... Uh, these are just representative items, okay? These aren't actual things, but these are just things that I try uh, to give away or try to have access to throughout the day. I try to have access to resource, right? And so I've realized, like, you really don't need cash at this point. You know, most of the places that you go, you're using credit card, right? And, but the only reason I have cash, one, if you have kids, uh, you need cash. Two, to give something away. I carry around cash because there might be an opportunity that I can step in, that I can bless somebody with, and so I try to have resources at my access. Uh, I've got an energy bar in here. We all need an energy bar, don't we? <laughs> I, I want to carry an energy bar in the sense of, I think God has moments all the time where if I've got some energy to lend to a situation, it's just going to make somebody's day better, yeah. and I'm just going to invest that in a moment. And here's the thing. I'll say this. Some, most of these are outward, but sometimes they're inward. So the thing when I most use an energy bar is when I'm coming home from work, I park my car and I'm walking from the car to the house. In between there and the front door, I'm asking God, God, give me energy to give my family my best, Lord. Give me what I need. And so I'm taking a spiritual energy bar at that moment right there so that I can lend my energy and give that to my family. Well, who do you need and where? What points do you need to give energy to the other, other people around you? Listen, I got a Uno reverse card in here. Because you know, we call it around here, we say minister in the opposite spirit, right? You will receive somebody bringing their curses towards you, won't you? It happens all the time. And that comes at you, and you can either receive it or you can reverse it and pour out blessing when they bring the curse your way, right? 
Or maybe somebody in your neighborhood, somebody's overlooked, maybe somebody's marginalized and they're being mistreated, right? And you lean in and you're gonna be a part of reversing that situation. Reverse that narrative, reverse that moment, but find moments to minister in the opposite spirit. I got some, pure, pure, uh, I can't even say a Purell in here. And because somebody's coming to you and it has nothing to do with you, but they've had some bad experiences, they've had some bad moments in their home, they got some rough things going on, they got a mess on their hands, don't they? And you can just take out that Purell, because I haven't even done this and I have a lot of fellowship on my hands. And you just take out that Purell. And what do you do? You know what you do? You just give them a fresh start, don't you? Yeah. And all that that they brought to you, now, now they're cleaned up. They got a fresh start. They're ready to go. They're ready to get back into action. And you just change the course of their day because of what you have access to and what you gave to them. Take some time today just to brainstorm different categories of what you need to have access to. Maybe it's energy. Maybe it's resources. Maybe it's attitude, right? that you prepare to give away, but take some time. Maybe it's your skill set that you need to develop. I love, I was talking to Brandon Irwin last week, and he was sharing about how in the summers, because he's in DCPS, he's, he's been teaching at different levels for a number of years, and so in the summers he goes on mission trips, and he was sharing how when he goes to Africa, that it's critical for him because he teaches so many uh, students that are immigrants. And so he comes back, and he's able to to walk their land, to, to get some of their experiences. He, he's able to see where they're coming from. And now he's more effectively able to share and to teach with the students that God has given to him. How are you developing yourself? When you look at your day, how are you preparing yourself for the opportunities that God has set you up? Not just for you, but for the people around you. How are you looking and saying, I'm gonna anticipate yeah. the opportunities and the needs that God is gonna bring my way. <clears throat> Here's what I realized in the endeavor to give something away every day, that if I don't show up in God's presence at the beginning of my day, I'm probably not gonna be effective in communicating his word to others. And so I gotta get to the Lord. I've gotta, I've gotta get into his presence. And so I start my day by getting in his word. I go to his word so that I can get a word, right? And I get a word for that day so I can take it with me wherever I go. And so I spend time in prayer. I spend time in the scripture and then I spend time in prayer. And here's what I ask God. God, what is it that you're giving me for today? I'm not just getting it done. No, I want to walk away with something in my spirit that I have at ready. What do you get? And it's amazing how oftentimes what God gives to me will collide with somebody else's anxiousness. It'll collide with somebody else's need. And that's the exact word that needed to connect in those moments. God uses those exact moments. To share God, you got to know God. To know God, you got to cultivate a relationship with the Lord, which comes through Scripture and it comes through prayer and seeking Him. I love what Ashley Anderson said, good friend, former staff member. She said, you don't have a testimony. You have thousands of testimonies. Yeah. Every day, God is giving you a testimony. 1 Peter 3, 15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. Live boldly, walk humbly, right? Yeah. Those two things together. Shock Cartagena, longtime NCCer, 
And she came up after last week's message on intentionality. She shared a testimony about sharing her faith. And Shao uh, was over at the White House Historical Association. And she was sharing about her work at Baloo. And afterwards, they had a reception, so she was chatting with a woman. And they got in conversation. And the woman, um, she asked a question. She said, so why are you still in D.C.? And Shao said, I could have given the simple answer, which is, well, you, make, uh, you get a little higher pay here than down in where I'm from. And she said, I could have said that, but I decided to share authentically instead. And so she said, I, I started to talk about how, well, I took time individually to pray through this, and then Gabe took time individually to pray, and then we came together, and we prayed about this together, and we felt like the Lord had led us to, to stay here, and we felt called here in that sense. And that opened up some doors to deeper conversation. She ended up inviting her to NCC last weekend, and she came. Rachel, what's up? I think you're out there somewhere, maybe watching online. She was a week-long intern, and she came last week. And here's what she texted after the message. Listen to this. She gave permission to share this. She said, I came, and I could not stop crying. The Lord used you, talking about Shaw, to intentionally bring me back to him. Yeah. When, you, when you came last week, you yielded to the Holy Spirit's prompt of, where will you work in me today by inviting me to NCC? And she went on. She said, I may never see you again, but thank you for obeying his call to minister to my brokenness. May he abundantly bless you. We love you so much. We are delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Scriptures say we are called to share the gospel. What is the gospel? Kind of a critical question, isn't it? Probably a question we should be close to the same neighborhood when we talk about the gospel. We are called to share the gospel of God. Look at the scriptures. What do the scriptures say? John chapter 3, verse 14. The Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. When I, Jesus, am lifted up from the earth... John chapter 12 says, I will draw people unto me, Acts 4. Salvation is found in no one, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. John 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. The gospel, it's not an idea. It's not a philosophy. It's not a way of being. It's not even the Ten Commandments. The gospel is a person, and that person is Jesus. John 1, the Word was made flesh. And that word dwelt among us. So when you share the gospel, what are you doing? You're just sharing Jesus. You're not trying to convince or convert somebody to your way of doing things. No, you are introducing people to a person. You're embracing God and introducing others to the person of Jesus Christ. A couple years ago, one of our missionaries came, and they challenged me with just this very profound yet simple thought. They said this. They said, what if the best way to share the gospel is actually to share the gospel? <laughs> and it's like, okay, what are you talking about? Like, uh, yeah, obviously. But no, we, we catch on to these pithy statements. Like, you know, I think one is attributed to St. Francis. It's, I think it's wrongly attributed to him. But, but it says, you know, preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. And I love that. I love that idea because it's not just what comes out of my mouth, right? 
It's the integrity in which I live my life. And there are so many ways that we preach with our lives. And so that statement is absolutely true. But I think sometimes we can use that statement as a cop-out to not step boldly into moments that God has preordained for you to share Christ. So what if you're actually called in a few moments to actually share the gospel with your neighbor? And so I leaned into this idea, and I took on this challenge. And a number of years ago, I decided through Lent for 40 days, I'm going to share the gospel every day of that 40 days. And that's going to be my challenge. So I'm going to do, so I, I went through it, and I did this thing. And reminder, sharing the gospel is what? It's sharing Jesus. And so Jesus came in different forms of different people. And some he came and he encouraged. Some he came, he exhorted. Some he came and he just touched. But Jesus always was aware of his context, wasn't he? And he always ministered uniquely to each individual. And so, okay, God, help me. And so I leaned in a moment for those 40 days. I saw incredible testimonies. And I had a few failures as well. But I saw, I had moments where I got to share and lean into a moment where somebody was having suicidal thoughts. And God drew those out because I was sharing Jesus in that moment. I got to purchase meals for those who didn't have resource. I got to lean in an exhortation. I, got to, I was playing ball one day and, and ended up in this deep conversation with somebody who'd given up on their faith and re-engaged and restarted their faith experience because of this conversation of sharing the gospel. And so God does something when you make yourself available. He opens up doors. He opens up doors for us, and he opens up doors in other people's heart. Now, here's what I found during that experiment. I found that I talk differently in this house than I do at my gym, than I do at my neighborhood. And so what I say here, and so I, I just thought about it. I was sharing. I just thought, maybe I'll just stop that. Maybe I'll just talk the same anywhere I go. And I don't know what that means for you. I don't mean like... You know, I don't know, you, you start saying here, I don't, but maybe it goes different directions, right? But I just said, I'm just going to speak the same. And so I remember there was a moment we had in our neighborhood, and we were hanging out with some of our neighbors, and um, we were hanging out with them for the night, unbelieving neighbors, and we're talking, it just felt very natural and organic to start talking about what God was doing in some of our missions work locally. And so I just leaned in and started sharing stories, and God is working miracles over here, and you wouldn't believe it. We're pressing in, and we're taking... Um, and, and God has taken hold of strongholds and he's breaking them and we're praying hard, but we just need to pray harder, don't we? We just need to lean in for the prayer. And I'm just like involving them in the conversation. Like, and we just, you know what I mean? We just need to keep pressing in through prayer. And they're not, and I look over at Nina and she's just like, <laughs> calm down, Bible thumper. Take it easy. <laughs> I'm just on fire. Let's go. But I just, my, my goal was I just want to be who I am. And faith in Jesus is at the center of who I am. Why am I only showing that over here and not over here? I'm going to be who I am. And it opened up a wonderful faith conversation. And God used that moment. Now, here's the backstory. That wasn't just out of the blue. We had spent years cultivating relationship and pouring into our neighborhood. We spent years of intentional investment in different ways. And so that moment was set up uh, by, by stepping out at certain times. 
And I love what Pastor Mark said. He says, worship is bringing about God to God. Evangelism is bragging about God to people. So we, we spent countless moments in stepping out and, and putting on that serving towel, right? What do you have at your access? Have a serving towel. So we have, there are moments where we'll, we'll go and we'll weed somebody else's tree box. It's not that the highest form of love in our city right there. We'll weed there. We had uh, a season where we just brought our grill out front and every Friday night we bought extra hot dogs and we would just cook in the neighborhood. Anybody who wants to hang out and have community, we're going to put our serving towel and we're going to step in. We'll buy meals. We'll bring cookies. We'll do all these little things to cross boundaries, to cross lines and put that serving towel on and serve those that God has put in our path. So it's not just about a message preached. Do you hear what I'm saying today? It's about a life lived. And when you live that life, God opens doors. Here's what happens in our neighborhood. We've had couples come to us about infertility. We've had couples come to us about marriage problems. We've had a lot of, a number of families come and engage in, in this community, in church community. We've had moments where um, we're a part of the kind of the old guard crew, and then we're also part of the new residence crew. So we're like the only ones that are in both crews a little bit. And so, you know, when they come at each other, they'll come and share that with us because both of them think we're on their side because we're the only ones that are friends with both of them. So we find ourselves being bridge builders. But I'm telling you, if you put this on, God will open up ministry opportunities. You might not like all of them, but he will open up opportunities when we take the approach of sharing the gospel and our lives. He will give you moments. And those are opportunities. We love you so much. We are delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Sharing your faith is giving an answer. Sharing your life is living an answer. Our faith is our life. Western culture tries to compartmentalize our life. And, but if your faith is your life, then sharing our lives is actually sharing our faith. Share your life and your faith. When you share your life, you earn the opportunity to share the gospel. I love what Matt and Nicole Johnson said last week off camera, if you remember their videos. So good. I love the way they intentionally live, but they said off camera, um, they said, live life at a conversational pace. And so here's what they do. They have the gift of time. I don't think I can put this thing on. They give people the gift of availability. They give people the gift of time and they make themselves, they give access to their schedule to the people around that, them and God uses that. In Acts chapter eight, we see Philip, he's walking along the road and I think it's verse 29, it says that the spirit of the Lord came upon him to go and wait by a chariot. And so he goes and he waits there. He just gives his time. And then the Ethiopian eunuch starts reading the scriptures and he turns and he says, do you know what that is? Can I help you understand it? And he invites him up and he shares the truth. He shares the gospel and the Ethiopian eunuch ends up getting baptized on the spot. God uses him, why? Because he gave the gift of time. He gave the gift of availability. Philip didn't follow a formula. No, he followed the Holy Spirit. And he, led, he allowed the Spirit to lead, and he just gave himself where the opportunity opened up for him. Week one of this series, I mentioned Charlie White. 
He's the chief of staff on the Hill, and we had the opportunity to walk with him, with the opportunity to be a part of him starting his faith journey. And we walked to him, uh, excuse me, we walked to death with him. The backstory of that is this, that the first part of getting to know Charlie was walking him and picking him up and helping him out of his bed to the door, from the door to the car, driving him to his cancer treatments, picking him back up, bringing him home, taking him to his bed. Repeat, the first part of that relationship was just serving them in a time of need, was leaning in and just being there for him. And in those opportunities, in those drives, and in those moments, we got to share the gospel And we got to share our lives as well. And that's what God used. It takes thousands of insignificant moments to create a significant moment, right? That's how God uses us. The first century church caught the attention of the Roman Empire. That attention came not because of their beliefs. It came because of their lives. It came because of their actions. And they saw, that. in fact, they thought, They were atheists because they only had one God, and so they called them atheists instead of all these gods. And so here's what the emperor said. Emperor Julian lamented. He said, it is a scandal that the godless Galileans care not only for their own poor, but for ours as well. While those who belong to us look in vain for the help that we should render to them. They lived out radical hospitality and radical availability. Put on the full armor of God. Put on his goodness. Be ready. Fill up your bag. But I want to ask us one other question today, and that's this. What do you have in your backpack that's holding you back from living your faith intentionally? What's already in there that you need to pull out? We're walking around with a full backpack already, but we got the wrong stuff in it, don't we? We filled it with everything else that takes away from our opportunities, And we've got busyness in our lives. We've got stress in our backpack. We've got problems. We've got hurts. We've got unforgiveness, right? We've got addiction, addiction that pulls our time, addiction that pulls our energy in opposite directions. We've got this thing where we see other people as a distraction. We see them as an interruption. We've got all these things in our bag, and what happens is, That's just weight that we carry on our back, and we can't add anything else. And so here's the thing. It's in the bottom of our back. We got to get rid of those things. That's what's been holding me down. Ouch. (laughs) Because I had all these rocks, I had all this weight in the back of my backpack, and I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't operate in the Spirit. I couldn't give people my margin. I couldn't give people the gifts of the Spirit. Look at that. Now I got room. I can put something in here because I have freed myself from all these interruptions and things that have held me back to do the work of God. D.L. Moody said this, before we pray that God would fill us, I believe we ought to pray for him to empty us. John chapter 3, Peter and John were confronted, remember this, by a man who asked for money and they say, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have to give you, I give you right now. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he stands up and walks. What would have happened if he would have had a dollar in his backpack? What he had in it, what he could have had in his backpack could have held them back from the miracle in that moment. 
to the point where I actually, for a number of years, I talked about having resource. I had to take the resource out of my backpack, and I decided I'm not going to give away cash because I realized I'm giving away cash just to soothe my conscience and feel better about myself instead of leaning into obedience to Christ and what he wanted to do. When I took that out, I started engaging relationally. I started getting creative in the way that I help other people. And I started restoring dignity and relationship. I started leaning in to actually listen to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do. Listen to Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said this, nobody is too good for the lowest service. Those who worry about the loss of time entailed by such small external acts of helplessness, excuse me, of helpfulness, are usually taking their own work too seriously. Oof. Somebody needed to hear that. We must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God who will thwart our plans and frustrate our ways. What? Wait, God's the one who's thwarting my plans and frustrating my ways. Time and again, even daily by sending people across our path with their demands and their requests. I believe in divine appointments. I believe that you are here by no accident. That, that your day is no accident, that your life is no accident. When you go to work, don't just fulfill your job description. No, you have a spiritual job description as well. Lean into that. When you come to this church, don't come just to receive, come to give. Yes. Maybe you're like, yeah, I need somebody to give to me. Here's what I found in my own life, Luke 6, 38. When uh, given, it shall be given unto you. When I need, I need to give. Because when I pour out, it comes back my way. So find moments to lean in and just begin to give out of the spirit and what he does through you. We try to let church message or marketing make up for the poverty of personally sharing faith with others. Here's the problem. Jesus doesn't choose the former. He chooses the latter. He desires the co-mission with you to empower you. Worship team, if you'll come. Uh, I want to close with this. Former Emory University professor Fred Craddock, he said this about living a kingdom life on earth. He said, to give my life for Christ appears glorious. We think giving our all to the Lord is like taking a $1,000 bill and laying it on the table. Here's my life, Lord, I'm giving it all. But the reality for most of us is that God sends us to the bank and has us cash in the $1,000 bill for quarters. We go through life putting out 25 cents here and 50 cents there. Listen to the neighbor kid's trouble instead of saying, get lost. Go to the committee meeting. Give a cup of water to a shaky man in a nursing home. Usually giving our life to Christ isn't glorious. It's done in those little acts of love, 25 cents at a time. It would be easy to go out in a flash of glory. It's harder to live the Christian life little by little over the long haul. Pray a prayer this week. Pray a prayer. God, where are you at work? How do you want to use me? And then decide that when your foot hits the floor, you're going to activate in the spirit. And then begin to pack your bag. Fill that bag up with things that you have access to, that you can use, that you can give away. And then from that point, go out one quarter at a time, right? Begin to give away. Another quarter, begin to work in the spirit. Another quarter, begin to walk in his ways. Another quarter, begin to get a word from God and give that at the exact right moment. But give what you have and God will use you. Let's live our lives intentionally 
sharing the goodness of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.